before. The Bible says he left uh, the, uh, the place and he started preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So every of Jesus' message was centered around the kingdom. It was kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who has a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who planted uh, this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who went on, on a journey. So every of his teachings was centered around kingdom. So what's the problem? Why is it that as believers, we don't pay attention to these things? Why don't we pay attention to them? So what things, uh, or, or what are the things we can, we can pick from the life of Nimrod that is important for our understanding as believers in this generation and in this time? So the Bible said about Nimrod that he was a mighty man. Power. Power. He was a mighty man. He was a mighty man. See, you cannot be a kingdom representative. You cannot be a kingdom ambassador without power. Are we together, people? He was a mighty man. He had power. He could, he could muscle his energy and, and bring people together and say, look, this is what we want to do. And everybody followed him because of his might. He was strong. He was probably FT. He was probably a giant, but the Bible didn't tell us that. But one thing the Bible made clear was that Nimrod was a mighty man. We need might in, the, in this world. We cannot just live our lives as if, or oh, let's just live. Um, I wake up, you know, for, for many people, as long as they have food and they, and, and they have uh, clothes to wear, I'm, I'm just fine. But the truth is that it is beyond that for us as believers. It is beyond that. God wants us to dominate. And for you to dominate, you need power. He was a mighty man before the Lord. He was a mighty man. And one, another thing we should look at, the Bible says, before the Lord. Before the Lord. So one of the things that the Bible didn't um, make mention or state clearly was whether Nimrod believed in God or not. But the Bible was, um, was careful to help us know that as far as God's estimation was, Nimrod was a mighty man. Before the Lord tells us something about his relationship with God. He was a mighty man before the Lord. So we talk about presence, power, presence. We cannot rule our world without the presence of the Holy Ghost, without the infilling of the presence and the power of God. He was a mighty man before the Lord. Before the Lord. You know, whenever I study the man Elijah, and I will close my, my teaching this morning on one of Elijah's exploits. Elijah will tell you, before God whom I stand. Do we read our Bible like that? He's talking to you, and he will say, before God whom I stand. And you'll be wondering, how can you, you are in front of me now. Which God are you standing in front? Say, before God whom I stand, there will be no rain. Except at my word. It didn't say at God's word, though. At my word. At my own word. Before God, whom I stand. So there is a connection um, between our dominion and our continuously dwelling in the presence of God. We cannot rule that out. No matter what we do, we must always remember that it is the presence that brings dominion. 
We must always remember that. So um, we, we have a lot of activities, we have a lot of things around us that could distract us as believers, that could distract us as leaders, preventing us from being able to maximize the, uh, the, the, the blessings that God has for us in ruling our world. And so many times we can make excuses, oh, I'm so busy, and then we don't have time to meditate, we don't have time to pray, we just, we're just busy here and there. Satan knows how to organize all those things to make sure we are, we are busy and not in his presence. Before the presence of the Lord. So presence, very important. Very important. Then there's another thing about Nimrod we need to pay attention to. The Bible says it was a mighty hunter. It was a mighty hunter. So not only was, uh, was he able to use his power to lead people, he also has a skill. He has a profession. He was a mighty hunter, his profession. So we talk about his power. We talk about the presence. We talk about the profession. He was a mighty hunter. So usually for us to dominate, God would deliberately give us some skills, give us some, some professions because the profession is our platform for engaging the world, for engaging people. But many times we think that the reason we are, we are in that office or we are running that business is just for us to make money and, and, just, be, and just be fine. It's beyond that. It was a mighty hunter, skilled hunter at that. Skilled hunter, mighty hunter before the Lord. He had his profession. So he understood that his, his hunting skills gave him a platform to be able to lead people. Because, of course, in those days, that was the, the main profession then. So he probably would have killed some of, the, some of the greatest animals then for people to respect him that much. Probably he had, he had killed lions, he had killed bears. He said, ah, this one is, is, uh, is a hunter on another level. So people would definitely just submit to him. If we go to Genesis 11, it was actually the one that started the building of that tower when the confession came. He was their leader. That was how powerful Nimrod was. Let's take one more thing about Nimrod before we go. So, the Bible talked about the extent of his dominion, of his kingdom. Are we together, people? So, let, let's go again to verse, um, verse 10, okay? The Bible says, And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalne, in the land of Shina. So, he had cities. He had cities. I would just call that a place. He had cities. He conquered cities. One of the things we must pay attention to as kingdom ambassadors is that God is interested in cities. Is somebody with me? God is interested in cities. So we're going to flip this over to Jesus, the New Testament, and we will look at the representation of what happened to Nimrod in every of Jesus' teachings. I'll just take two examples. When we go back to our, to our different studies, we can go through it again and again, and we'll see how these things work. So let's go to Luke chapter 19. Let me show us something from Luke chapter 19. 
look at these four elements because we are going to, uh, to dwell on it and we're going to be praying this morning. I trust God that it would give us um, insights into his word. Praise God. So don't mind me. I'm using my, my physical Bible because my phone needs some, some upgrade. Okay, so uh, Luke chapter 19 from verse 12. Um, am I there now? Good. So let's read together. Luke 19 from 12 to 19. Please open your Bible and read. We are studying the Bible this morning. Praise God. So verse 12, the Bible says, And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a what? A what? A what? Good. To receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Verse 13. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Another version says, Do business till I come. All right. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded his servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Verse 16. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound had gained ten pounds. Now look at what the master said, verse 17. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in, a, in very little, have thou authority over what? Over what? Over what? He traded money. He made profit. What was his reward? Authority over what? Cities. Can you see the, prof- can you see the progression? God gave him, his master gave him money. He traded and made profit. And then when the master came, he rewarded him with what? Cities. Good. Let's go to um, verse 18. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound had gained five pounds. And he said likewise unto him, be thou also over what? Five cities. So, if we read through this chapter of the Bible, read all the examples of Jesus about kingdom. You will see a replica. Sometimes he, he puts all these elements in one story. Sometimes he, he just takes one or two of these elements, but you will see it in every of his illustrations. So the master said, take this money, do business. When you become profitable in your business, God is no longer looking at just that business. God is seeing your potential to take over a city. So what, how can we see these four elements? The master gave them money. Money is power. Is somebody with me? That was power. Well, that was what the master gave them. He gave them power. Remember Proverbs says, um, 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 food makes merry and wine and, say, and money answers all things. Money is power. And that's why if you have some money in this country, you know you can, com- you can command some things. If you want to be a, t- a successful thief in this country, you just have to, st- to steal a lot of money. I know you will become untouchable. <laughs> because money is power. <laughs> is somebody with me? So he gave them power. And then he said, he gave them a commandment. He said, do business till I come. Profession. 
do business till I come. So they had to trade with their skill. They had to trade with the money. They had to, in doing business, you know that you must be skillful. In doing business, of course, there is, there is, um, uh, you have to be able to produce or you have to be able to sell, you know, for you to have money in return. Is somebody with me this morning? So we see the profession there. They were businessmen. They traded. They were traders. And they were successful at it. And if you look at these guys, they had a master. There was a connection between them and their master. Talking about the presence. The one that was disconnected, you know that, that that guy, if you read the story, he said, I know you are an austere man. You want to reap where you did not sow. And you, know, you know that one, there was a disconnection already. The, the spirit of that, that unfaithful servant, you know that he has disconnected himself already from his master. For you to be successful, there must be a connection between you and your master. So they were always mindful of the presence of their master. Our master gave us this money and we have to be faithful to it. So the presence was there. And of course, what was their reward? Cities, the place. Cities, the place. So we see that replica. Let me give, let me give us another example. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That's another example I will give us. We will see these four things again playing out in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. So Jesus said, you will receive power. You will receive what? Power. When the Holy Ghost presence has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses, witnesses, profession. Where? In Jerusalem, city, Judea, city, Samaria, city, all the uttermost part of the world, cities. You will receive power when the presence has come upon you. And you will be witnesses doing my profession. And you will begin to dominate cities. You start from Jerusalem, you move to Judea, you move to Samaria, and you begin to dominate all the other parts of the world. So these four elements are important for us as believers. Very important. We pay attention to them. So the question I will ask us this morning is, what, is, what has God placed in your hands as a person? And what place has God given you capacity to dominate? See, many times if we are not asking, remember um, Psalm 2, he said, ask of me and I'll give you what? I'll give you what? I'll give you what? Let's read it together. Acts chapter, um, Psalm 2. Is it Psalm 2 or Acts chapter 2? I think it's Psalm 2, yes. Ask of me. I will give the nations for your inheritance. Let's, let's read that. I think it's verse 8. Psalm 2 verse... Yes, it's verse 8. Let's read from verse 7. It said, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Verse 8. Verse 8. I've, have you opened your Bible? Actually, uh, Psalm 2 rather. It said, Ask of me. And I shall give thee even for thine inheritance and the world and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. Can we determine that translation? Anybody has another translation there? There's a, there's a translation that says nations. I'll give the nations. NLT, right? Good. Please help us read. Verse 8, only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, 
the whole earth as a possession. Said only ask, only ask. So the challenge we have as Christians many times is that we do not ask. Many of us are contented with the fact that I trade business, I make profit, I build my house, my children go to a good school, I am fine. And then we keep complaining about people who dream of taking nations, who don't have the mind of Christ. Hello? So they dominate us and tell us what to do. They have the dream and they are not content with just running a business. They want to run their business successfully, but they also want to take over the nation. They also want to take over cities. But we are just content with, oh, let me just stay where I am. I'm just happy. My business is doing fine. But you know what? The guy that controls the city has the power to control the business. One policy can make your business useless. Just one policy. Are we together, people? Just one policy. Everything becomes useless. All right, so I'm, I'm just going to challenge us this morning. Let's ask for cities. He said, ask of me. The reason we are not taking over cities is because we are not thirsty enough. We have asked God to make us successful in our businesses and he has done that. But he wants to do more than the business. He wants to, he wants to give you a city. Hello? He wants to give you cities. He wants to give you nations. He wants to give you spheres of, of influence, spheres of interaction. That's what God wants to do for us. I'm just encouraging us this morning that we should take this plunge. So let me close with um, this illustration from the Bible, manifesting his kingdom, manifesting his kingdom. So um, let me run through um, 1 Kings chapter 18. Let's read about Elijah and we will close on that for my session. 1 Kings. 1 Kings 18. Verse, so I'll read verse 21, then I'll jump to verse 30 to 39. So First Kings 18, verse 21, then from 30 to 39. Let's go. So verse 20, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long ought you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. So I'll jump to verse 30. And he, Elijah, said unto all the people, Come nigh unto me. And all the people came nigh unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the 
at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came nigh and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that, and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things in thy name. Praise God. So let me just stop there. So Elijah put up a context. He said, you guys have been going up and down you don't understand that God reigns in the affairs of men. So he said, today, let's put an end to this thing. If you want to follow Baal, follow Baal. If you want to follow God, follow God. One of the things that people who think kingdoms, what they usually think about, they want to attack the belief system of people. So if you look at many of the ideologies that, that struggle with the minds of people today, that try to occupy the minds of people today, they try to attack your roots, your belief system. So there was a belief system then in Israel, which was centered around the worship of Baal. And Elijah said, we cannot begin to dominate until we attack, we challenge the belief system of people. Now watch it. If you have been very sensitive, you will understand that for you to gain popularity in any part of the world, one of the easiest routes to go is to attack people's belief system. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you, let's take our mind back. There was a guy that came sometime and started attacking the church and was attacking the things we have taught for centuries. And some of our our fathers started correcting their, their, their teachings, true or false. It's so, if you want to gain, come up into, um, 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 into relevance, let me use that word. If you want to come into relevance, one of the things, the easiest thing to do is to attack people's belief system and challenge them that you have a superior, you have a superior argument, you have a superior belief system. And that was what Elijah did. He said, it is enough if you want to trust God, trust God. If you want to trust your bar, trust your bar. Let's draw the line today. So how did Elijah achieve that? And that, I will just share one or two things, and then we will just pray, and I'll, I'll be done this morning. So the first thing Elijah did, the Bible says, he repaired the altar. He repaired the altar. See, for us as Christians, once our altar is broken... Once the fellowship is not strong, once we, um, um, we, we are no longer hearing God, we are no longer yearning for God like we used to, there are some mysteries God would not commit to our hands. The Bible says the secret, um, the secret things belong to God. Say, Those revealed has been given unto men. So God only reveals his secrets to his men. God only reveals the secrets to his men. And remember, we talked about presence for those that dwell in his presence. Dwelling in God's presence doesn't mean that we are praying 24 hours. It just means that we are sensitive 24 hours. There are two different things. Remember Elijah, before God, whom I stand, and he's talking to you. That means he wasn't in a closet somewhere praying. He was conscious of the fact that God is in this place. As long as I am here, I am, you know, in John chapter 9, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So you are not looking for light anywhere. Light is standing right in front of you, conscious of what he carried. 
Repair the altar. So I'm challenging somebody this morning. Repair your altar. It's been long you waited on God. It's been long you prayed. It's been long you heard God. Repair your altar this morning. Repair the altar. Repair the altar. Then another thing Elijah did, I would have read some other Bible verses to support that, but I will just run through it because I need to run off now. So the second thing, the Bible says, he picked 12 stones. 12 stones in Israel represented the covenant that we have with God. He picked 12 stones representing each tribe in Israel. Representing the covenant of Abraham. Remember when he prayed, he said, now, they said the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. So he, he brought God to remember. So we should always remember that we are in a covenant relationship with God. And like Pastor Sam will always tell us, he will say that if God cannot fail, then we cannot fail. Whatever cannot stop God cannot stop us. We should always live in the consciousness of these things. Whatever cannot stop God cannot stop us. So if we ask God for a nation, it will give us ideas. It will give us strategies for how we can take over the nations. It will give us the strategies. It will give us the strategies. The third thing Elijah did, the Bible says he dug a trench. He dug a trench. He dug a trench. I'll call that thirst. He created room. He created room. See, Elijah needed to prove to these guys that this thing, I'm not, there was no magic around it. There was no, um, I didn't dupe you. I didn't deceive you in any way. So he needed to create that. So he dug trenches. He dug trenches. You know, um, let, let's read, let's read 2 Kings 3.16. Oh, okay, no, no. Let's read Isaiah 55 verse 1. So that we'll have um, an idea of um, what thirst means. Isaiah 55, um, verse 1. It dug trenches because something needed to accommodate what was coming. Praise God. So many times we, we, we don't accommodate what is coming because we are, we are not digging. We are not digging. So Isaiah 55, the Bible says, Oh, everyone that thirsts, Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and make without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Say, come all ye that thirst, come unto me. Come unto me. So there's the place for the yearning, for, for the test. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's the place for that yearning. If we are not thirsty enough, if, we are, if the desire is not strong enough, then God will not begin to deliver some things to us. Then God will not give us the keys to nations. It won't give us the keys if we don't have that desire. Then another thing Elijah did, he filled the trenches with water. He filled the trenches with water. And what does water signify in the Bible, Ephesians 5.26? The 
the Bible says, um, um, present, pres, uh, pres, presenting our um, like the, uh, pure, like the washing of water by the word, by the washing of water by the word. So he, he said, feel it the first time, they filled it. Feel it the second time, they filled it. He said, feel it the third time. There was an overflow of the world. For us as believers, we must pay attention to the saturation of our souls with the word of God. The saturation of our souls with the word of God. The Bible says, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. So it's when we have that overflow of the world that we can begin to, to you know, it, it just flows naturally. It just touches everything that we do. It, it flows into every sphere of our lives. There's an overflow. There's an overflow. An overflow of the world. And the last thing Elijah did, Elijah prayed for fire. Said, God, now prove to those people that you are with me in this. And the Bible says he prayed and fire came from heaven. Acts 1 verse 8. And ye shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts chapter 2. The Bible says the believers were in one accord. They were in the same place and they prayed. What happened? The Bible says and the Spirit of the Lord descended upon each one like tongues of fire. When the tongues of fire comes, the, 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 uh, the, 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 the weak Peter who couldn't look in, who, who denied Jesus before a little girl, stood before a crowd and, and, and spoke and 3,000 people got converted in one sermon, in one day. The same Peter that couldn't stand before a girl. So many times we, we are not effective in our ministry as believers because we are not filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. So I want us to pray this morning. Can we just rise as, as we pray and as we go on in, 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 this, um, in this meeting this morning? Let's ask God to fill us afresh, Lord. Lord, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your power. Lord, I want your touch. I want your touch. Lord, fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Oh, malakale bo shimbra sakatala bababa. Rekatale bo shimbra zunte leketeshke. Meleketeke teketeke. Baru shakata. Ralebra katoshke le zumbra ande keteketekete. Rakatagala bo sumbara sheketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketeketekete
Till I overflow, I wanna run over. I wanna run over, sing it to me, oh, oh. Till I overflow, I wanna run, I wanna run over. I wanna run over. Oh, Malakatalebo Shekete Ketekete, Lebarakatakarabashantaya Baba Baba. Elijah said, Fill the trench with water. They did it the first time, fill it with water again. They did it the second time until there was an overflow. Lord, take me to the place of the overflow. Lord, enough of drawing on reserve. Lord, enough on drawing. On, on, on borrowing, borrowing strength from other people. Lord, take me to my overflow. Lord, take me to my overflow as I go through this, this, this encounter today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, take me to the place of the overflow. Lord, fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Marushe ketekete. Le kotoshke. Rele ketekete. Re kotoshe kayababababababababa. Ma bragadoshke le sumbra. La masse keteshke. Oh Lord, I hunger for more of you. Rise up within me. Let me know your truth. Oh Holy Spirit, saturate my soul and let the life of God fill me now. Let your healing power breathe life and make me whole and let the peace of God let it rain. Yes, Lord, I hunger for you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I hunger for more of you. Hey, rise up within me. Let me know your truth. Oh, Holy Spirit, saturate my soul and let the life of God fill me now. Fill me now. Let your healing power breathe life and make me whole and let the peace of God let it rain. Yes, Lord, I hunger for you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I hunger for more of you. Hey, rise up within me. Let me know your truth. Oh, 
saturate my soul and let the life of God fill me now, Lord. Fill me now. Let your healing power breathe life and make me whole and let the peace of God let it rain. Oh, my last Fill me hope, God. Fill me hope, God. Fill me hope, God. Fill me hope, God. Maserre koto shekete kete. Lezeke teke rabasha kata kata. Baru shandebo. Baru shekete kete. Lezuke teke la ba 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 ba. Marakata shandi ebronto leke yeke teke teke te. Zukara ba 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 ba. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Since the next person is not ready, I want, I want us to read this place in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to pray some more. So let me read from um, verse, verse 12. Let me just read verse 12. For you wrestle not against, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, the, the last time I had the privilege to teach in church, um, I shared on these five stages of, of dominion. Actually, Paul was giving us five phases of dominion in one verse. He talked about um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the realm of the senses. He said, um, but against principalities, talking about strategies, against powers, talking about supremacy. And he said, against, um, against um, where's that place? Against rulers of darkness. That's talking about systems. Systems against rulers of darkness. And he said, against spiritual wickedness, talking about the spiritual. So um, the highest of them is the spiritual. The spiritual controls this, the, um, the systems, controls the supremacy, controls the principalities. So many times, what devil constricts Christians to is to make us focus on the realm of the senses. Matthew 6 verse 3, um, 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 seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, do not worry what you shall eat, what you, uh, um, the clothes you should wear. You know, those are senses. And that's what a lot of believers, that's what we focus on. That's what we focus on, the realm of the senses. So Satan, when Satan puts his people in, in authority, that um, in supremacy, the president is a supremacy. System is actually stronger than, than, than supremacy. Let me give you an instance. When our president goes out of the country, for example, constitutionally, who should he hand over to? His vice. But the systems, we call them cabals. The systems say you cannot hand over to your vice. That's how powerful systems are. That's how powerful systems are. But there is one that controls all of them. It is the spirit. When we control things in the spirit and we are thirsty enough and we are asking God, God, how do I take over? God will begin to give us strategies to build systems and then we can begin to put people there in supremacy. That will be, that will be the strategies. The strategies are the advisors. Those guys are very saucy. Very saucy guys. Let me give you an example in the Bible. You know Agar, right? Agar. Agar was a principality as far as, as Babylon was concerned. Whatever, see, principalities, they are, they are schemers. 
They know how to find their way. With just one suggestion, it was going to take out, it was going to take out Esther, uh, uh, the Jews, Mordecai, and the Jews. The same thing with Daniel. Those guys that went to meet the king and said, look, this Daniel, we found fault in him and all of that. With one policy, they're going to wipe out. That's how strong principalities are. They can speak to supremacy. But when we control things in the spirit and we are thirsty enough, many times in church we pray, but we don't pray to the point where God begins to give us the strategies to build systems that can begin to dominate cities and nations. Can we pray this morning and say, Lord, give me insight. Give me spiritual understanding. Lord, I receive dominion to take over nations to build strategies in the name of Jesus Lord give me ideas give me ideas to build systems that will dominate this nation for Jesus Lord I receive spiritual insight I receive understanding Lord give me the insight Lord help me to understand help me to understand Lord, I receive spiritual insight. I receive spiritual understanding in the name of Jesus. Lord, I receive spiritual insight. I receive spiritual understanding in the name of Jesus. 